Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. And welcome to Cats and Cosby, a huge news day. Uh, first off, New York City is a mess again, and that is because President Biden's in town. Uh, and he's doing a really tough interview tonight um, with uh, the comic Seth Myers. He's also going down to the border later this week. And now we also have a new alert, a health alert about the norovirus all of this and so much more. And joining us here in studio, we have Judge Richard Weinberg and also Congressman Peter King and John Katsimatidis joining us from uh, London. How is London, John? London, I'll tell you, it's the same weather as New York. It is cold. It is chilly. Uh, but uh, it's very civilized, very nice. Uh, you, you, you walk around, you don't feel as... Uh, as uh, that your your life is in danger, which is very, which is good, and I don't see the bicycles going around like the like everybody advertises. A lot of bicycles in London. Well, I don't see any. Well, that's a good sign. That is, I can't wait to hear more about your trip, John, and just to hear about your experiences. Mayor Eric Adams did say, by the way, that New York City is the safest big city. He repeated that. Uh, so I guess you're not in the safest big city right now, John. I guess not. I mean, uh, you know, look, I have a lot of respect for the mayor, but uh, I think he should uh, talk to some of the people walking around. Yeah, uh, Judge Weinberg, boy, what a mess. We've seen all these latest attacks of late, too. Yeah, we're consistently having these random attacks going on. The most recent one was on 23rd Street and 7th Avenue. A woman was a young girl in her 20s, was hit over the head with a baseball bat, a random attack from a deranged stranger. I mean, that's the urban nightmare, and we need to get better mental health counseling and facilities to treat these people because they are a danger to the public every day. And, uh, John, by the way, later on in the show, we're going to play um, part of the interview that you did with former NYPD Commissioner Ray Kelly because that was really powerful. It made tons of headlines. And, you know, Peter King, people don't feel safe. Yeah. Uh, and he said he doesn't – he feels like it's this lawlessness. That's how Ray Kelly described it, PK. Right, and if anyone would know it's – you know, Ray Kelly, he's probably as good, if not the best uh, police commissioner we ever had. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like John. I, I have respect for Mayor Adams, but you can't expect people to believe something when they see the opposite. I mean, you walk through the streets of New York, you see it. There's chaos everywhere. You hear these different crimes being committed, the random crimes, the vicious crimes. And that wasn't going on during the uh, Bloomberg Giuliani years. Yeah, it definitely wasn't. John Katz? Well, all we can do is uh, support our NYPD and ask the police commissioner and everybody and say, put your foot down. And remember what we said to that uh, 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 chief of patrol, what was it, last Friday, uh, uh, Rita? And uh, we said that especially the bicycles going the wrong way, take those bicycles away from them. They have no right to go up the wrong way on a one-way street. Yeah, they have no right. And a lot of them are illegals. And it just turned out that uh, one of the Uber drivers is the guy who's an illegal migrant now charged with killing uh, this Georgia student. And guys, joining us now to talk about this big story, because this just epitomizes what happens when you have a wide open southern border. And joining us now is the former head of Customs and Border Protection, Mark Morgan. Uh, Mark, uh, first of all, fill us in on this guy's history, because this is shocking. This guy who who kills, it seems like it was a random crime. Lake and Riley, a, a beautiful uh, Georgia nursing student, goes for a jog. And this thug with a criminal record who came through the border illegally uh, is now accused of killing her. And, and Rita, look, for your listeners, what, what makes this even more horrific is that there were multiple failures and multiple chances to prevent this from happening. We can't prevent all crime, but crime committed by illegal aliens, we can. The first failure is, he, so he, he, he illegally entered from Venezuela. He comes across, we encounter him, 
And what does this administration do? They unlawfully parole him in the United States. And that came directly from Secretary Mayorkas's pen. He makes his way to New York, which is a known sanctuary city where I heard you guys talking about it, is that then he's arrested in New York for another crime, for endangerment of a child. And what do they do? They release him because they're a sanctuary city. They don't contact ICE. ICE isn't even aware that, that they arrested an illegal alien that committed another crime before the release. And even if ICE had found out and put a detainer because New York is a sanctuary city, they wouldn't have honored it. They still would have released him. And then what does he do? He absconds from New York. He doesn't let anybody know. Again, another violation. And he goes to Georgia, hooks up with his brother, who's also here illegally, and allegedly kills Lincoln. I mean, this is a colossal failure. And I'm very comfortable saying that Secretary Mayorkas and President Biden has blood on their hands. You know, uh, people are saying that, that this just epitomizes what happens. And sadly, we're going to see more of these cases, Mark. And now the president is saying, oh, I'm going to go to the border on Thursday. How convenient. It's the same day that he knew President Trump was going to go there, Mark Morgan. Yeah. And look, 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 here, here's it, it's almost impossible to think that this is even more tragic than it appears, because here's why, though, is that Lake and Riley, she's not the first and she's not going to be the last. Kayla Hamilton, uh, uh, Elizabeth Medina, and there's others, also young women in the prime of their life that were killed savagely by illegal aliens. Uh, Lita, last year, 2023, ICE, ICE in one year arrested 73,000 criminal illegal aliens in this country, including murderers, rapists, aggravated felons, and gang members. Texas, from 2011 to uh, 2024, Texas arrested over 300,000 illegal aliens that had committed 500,000 crimes, including 950 homicides, 1,100 kidnappings, and 60,000 assaults. And that was in Texas alone, Rita. Yeah, borders matter. Judge Weinberg, you have a question for Mark Morgan. Good to talk to you again, Mark. The problem is you have a systemic system which is broken down from the beginning to the end. You have a state legislature that doesn't hold people accountable because they won't uh, let judges hold them in on bail. You have a system where they raise the age, so you treat teenagers, even though they do violent crimes, you treat them as youthful offenders, you put them in family court rather than the, in the criminal court system. You have uh, you have governors and mayors who talk about sanctuary cities. There is no such thing, Mark, as you know, as a sanctuary city. It's against the law of the United States. They have no right to say that. And those office holders who say the sanctuary city should be removed from office. End of story. They should enforce the laws and cooperate with the federal immigration services. ICE. Hey, 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 amen, Judge. I'll tell you what. I couldn't say it better myself. Think about this. We're in a country right now where, where, where elected politicians – can can tell and mandate that their local law enforcement just just flipped a bird to federal law enforcement agencies. I mean, ha, I mean, have they read the nine eleven commission report? What one of the issues was that 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 we were not working together. We were not sharing information from state, local, and federal law enforcement agencies. This is absurd. And and I'll I'll, I'll give you one <clears throat> more example to put stump what you said. Think about this: the act of illegally entering our country. Is a crime. Exactly. No matter what AOC says, that's a crime. But it's a crime that not only do we, there are no consequences, not only do we look the other way, but we actually reward them for that crime. Yeah, this is what happens when you say, okay, uh, show up for a court date and who knows when, and you have no idea who they are, you have no idea their criminal history. Uh, this was, sadly, I agree with you, this was a tragedy waiting to happen, and there are going to be so many more. Peter King. Yeah, Mark, first of all, thank you for your great service. When I was in Congress. You were really one of the heroes down there, so thank you for that. And I, all I would say now is I think you know, four, five, ten years from now, people are going to look back and say, what was wrong with the country? Because there's going to be murder after murder, tragedy after tragedy, caused because of this. And I say, what were the people thinking? Didn't they know this was inevitable? Just like, you know, looking back on it now, 9-11 was uh, probably inevitable. But the fact is we went, uh, didn't have all the clues then that we have now. We know this is going to be a disaster. And again, what, you know, what happened to that poor woman last week, as tragic as it is, I think it's going to be multiplied as we go forward. Yeah, Representative King, you're absolutely right. Look, I mean, that's why I love talking to this group. And think about this. We, what you just said, we know the issue. So we know, I'll give you another stat. In the, in the past 36 months, 
CBP has encountered over 70,000 criminals, 70,000 criminals, including murderers, rapists, pedophiles, aggravated felons, and gang members. We know that, that the criminal element comes to the border. Now, did I say everybody bad? Of course not. But not everybody's good. That's the other side of the coin that the mainstream media refused to talk about. And we also know in the same 36 months, there's been 1.9 million <clears throat> known gotaways. I mean, come on, what are we doing? There's no downside to securing our borders, while at the same time, we can support lawful and legal immigration. Yeah, exactly. And by the way, uh, you know what's amazing as you talk about the 1.9 million? This guy wasn't even, quote, a gotaway. He, exactly. he, right. He was illegal and he got, quote, paroled, but he was one of the ones that went through the system. Imagine what the 1.9 million gotaways. Uh, and that, and that, to, your, to your point, that's what's so important. That defies the fact that we, we, with this false narrative that everybody coming into the country are good people. It's just a lie. It's not true. And it also defies that, that we're actually doing uh, uh, adequate vetting. We're not. Think about this. This is an individual from Venezuela. Do you think we contacted Venezuela and Venezuela said, oh, oh, hold a second. Let me give you a rap sheet. It's not happening. Mark, you mentioned Venezuela. We see here in New York actually organized Venezuelan gangs are here already establishing the turf and taking over areas as if they were here 30 or 40 years. I mean, there's organized gang lords coming in here, taking over territory, attacking cops, attacking ordinary people. And really, it's disgraceful. And this is only in the last few months they've established all this power. To, to, to your point, that we know, we know that this happened. History showed it. This is the same thing of how MS-13 started, right? Mm, yep. So the, the individuals came from the southern, uh, you know, the northern triangle country, Central America. They came up, and what started as protectionism, then it ended up to one of the most ruthless, full-blown international gangs that we've ever seen. It's the same thing right now with Venezuela that we're seeing the gangs in New York. Exactly the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, uh, the migrant issue is a huge issue all around the globe. Uh, Mark, stay with us. I want to bring in John Katsimatidis. John, over there in London, uh, they're having issues with the migrants there, too. Yeah, well, yes, they do. And uh, that's the reason for they had uh, Brexit, uh, because their their country was being invaded. Britain uh, went from 67 percent British to 47 percent British. And I think the British people say, well, who does Great Britain belong to? It belongs to us. Well, you know, I believe in immigration. I'm an immigrant, and I've said this a thousand times already. And uh, I would say a lot of uh, Americans want immigration. But what's wrong? I want to see the, the Democrats that can tell me that what is wrong with, with having checks and balances and make sure that the people come into America, want to pledge allegiance to America, and, and and work hard for America instead of, of just coming into America and, and living off the American taxpayer. I mean, uh, Rita, enough is enough. I agree. It, it is shameful. Mark, uh, last word, Mark. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Look, th- what's happening at our border is not about immigration. What's happening about our borders is about border security being driven by illegal immigration. That, so, so, Illegal immigration is not immigration, but they've convoluted that. They've dropped off the illegal part and hijacked our narrative. I don't know anybody that, that I talk to that's not for strong border security, that's not equally strong for legal immigration. What is wrong with that? What is wrong with somebody that wants to come to this country, like was just said, that they pledge allegiance to this country and they come through our front door and do it legally? What? How did that become a, a negative, bad, racist thing to request? Yeah, absolutely. It is shameful. By the way, uh, Associated Press, we were talking about this earlier, also happened to, uh, in their story, a uh, jogger gets killed, doesn't even mention it's an illegal immigrant. So, I mean, there's a lot of people in the media that need to... Look in the media, mirror. Some of the media is actually referring to, to the illegal alien as an Athens residence. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, Mark Morgan, thank you so much. You, you keep up the good fight. We love you and appreciate you, you so much. Thanks thank you so much. Thank you. thank you. And joining us now here on Cats and Cosby with John over there in London. And still, we have Judge Richard Weinberg and P- Congressman Peter King. Uh, Michael Goodwin, the great Pulitzer Prize winning journalist. Michael, you had a blockbuster column and it's spot on. Biden keeps on teaching the same exact master class on how to epically fail as president. He gets a master's degree in that, Michael. <laughs> yes, he's uh, setting a new standard. 
uh, and it's it's not one thing. It's pretty much everything. And it's amazing that you do not see, as you were just discussing the border, uh, how could this go on for more than three years? I mean, we are now in the fourth year of his presidency, and he has done nothing to stop this, even though the the huge numbers began soon after he took office. So it is extraordinary that he has sat there, that that Fox and, and a few of us others have have reported on this regularly and talked about it and shows like this and nothing. Well, you know what's amazing, Michael? The pictures don't lie. You see, it looks like a like a football stadium. Now they're coming into San Diego, and they're so full in San Diego, they're doing mass releases. I, I mean, it's, it's incredible. Well, I mean, you know, the the great era of immigration in America, generally by most historians, is considered 1880 to 1920. And I looked the other day, and roughly 12 million immigrants came in legally many through Ellis Island, of course, 12 million over 40 years. We're now talking about perhaps eight or nine million in three years. Uh, and it's a different country now. It's, it's much more populated, of course. There's not these great empty areas that are dying for immigrants to come and plow the fields or plow the prairie. Uh, I mean, it's a whole different country. And yet Joe Biden has acted as if there's nothing wrong. And, you know, you add this to what he's done with Israel, which I say is a betrayal. Um, You you see what he's doing uh, with the Supreme Court on loan, student loan forgiveness. I mean, he's found a way to basically thumb his nose at the Supreme Court, which said he didn't have the power to do it. And he's doing it anyway. I mean, what kind of what lesson is he teaching? And, you know, the the Democrats like to say that Donald Trump is a threat to democracy. Uh, He breaks all the norms. He has no respect for anything. Well, how do you defend Joe Biden on those grounds? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Michael Goodwin, here is uh, Judge Weinberg. Michael, I don't know if you saw this. I saw this this morning, and my eyes started to bleed. My head started to explode. <laughs> Yours too? <laughs> You're right. Senator, Senator Chris Murphy of Connecticut describes illegal migrants as undocumented Americans. His words, not mine, Michael, undocumented Americans. The presumption is that they have a right to be here. They do not have a right to be here. They should get online like everybody else's forebears did and get online and go through a legal, a legal process. And the fact of the matter is, as you know, from day one, all Biden did was rescind Trump's executive orders. If he wanted to protect the border, all he had to do was leave the executive orders in place. And now he's looking like uh, right before he goes there. Or maybe, right, right, all for politics. It looks like he's going to announce it now. Suddenly, Michael, surprise, surprise. Well, and and look at it this way. Uh, I mentioned student loans and Israel. And now we have the border issues. And what do they have in common? All three of those issues his his late late actions and discussions are aimed at pacifying critics in terms of the election. So the student loans, of course, young people, particularly those who have these rack, who racked up all these loans, taking these useless courses that got them a degree, but not a job. Right. Big cohort of the Democratic Party, uh, young college grads. Uh, you talk about Israel. It's the Muslim American vote, particularly in Michigan, and again, young people. And now you you talk about the border, it's because cities like New York and other places, Democratic strongholds, it must be that the polls are telling him that even some what would be normally be called safe Democratic districts are now shifting to toss-ups in the House and the Senate is very much in play because this, uh, the, the seats that are up this year favor Republicans in the Senate. So you would have to say that he's now doing 
all of these things, good and bad, simply for political reasons. Yeah, that's... Again, where is the presidential leadership? Where is the Constitution in any of this? Yeah, you're right. It's incredible. Uh, John Katsimatidis from London. Uh, no, again, uh, Rita, let's take care of our poor veterans, our poor children from the inner cities before we take care of South America and Central America. And I'm not saying they should starve. I think we should send them food to South America and Central America and help them in their own their own locale. Not necessarily I invite them to come to to the United States. You know, enough is enough, guys. Yeah, no, that's a great point. Keep them there, help them, but keep them there as opposed to what's happening in our country. And uh, boy, is it a mess. Uh, John, stay with us. And uh, Michael Goodwin, thank you very much for your perspective. We love having you on the show, Michael. My pleasure. I just hope they let John back into America. Probably, I do too. Probably not. How could, oh, I don't know. We love John. He's going to come here. Although he might, he sounds like he's liking London. He's having fish and chips, I think. So, you know, so I don't blame him. Thanks so much, Michael, very much. John, stick with us. And everybody, after the break, we're going to be talking with Congressman Anthony D. Esposito and some blockbuster details about congestion pricing that we all may be paying the price for. That and more after the break. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. And we are talking about crime in New York. And also, I think the crime of congestion pricing, because boy, is it a mess? And some new stories are revealing that we all may be socked with the price of congestion pricing. Joining us now is New York Congressman Anthony D. Esposito. Congressman, it's great to have you here. You know, it's amazing as we are talking first about congestion pricing. What a zoo. I was seeing like a uh, Hampton Jitney may be increasing its prices. Private bus operators uh, will maybe have to increase that. In other words, the cost is going to be passed on to everybody. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what we expected, Joe. When, when this whole thing uh, began and, and it uh, it was tried to be moved through, uh, we made it very clear from Jump Street that this was going to uh, cost hardworking New Yorkers and people in the tri-state area more money. And everything, the cost of everything w- would increase because uh, those costs would be passed on to the, the customers and the consumers. And, and what we're seeing is it's very similar to the same situation we were in with cashless bail and criminal justice reform when people called me a, a fear monger. Uh, and, and look what we're dealing with now. Hey, Anthony, you know, you're my congressman, so I sort of claim priority here as far as asking questions. Oh, <laughs> wait, just because he's a king. That's the only reason. He's getting very, very cocky yeah. with that last name. Actually, Anthony, everyone I talk to says you're doing a great job, but you're the guy on the ground. How does it look toward the November elections? What are you hearing? What's on people's mind? Where's the anger coming from? Who's, and who's it against? Yeah, I think I think uh, things look great for the November election. I mean, as a Republican running on Long Island uh, in a district that Joe Joe Biden won in 2020 by 16 points, I am super confident. Obviously, we're waiting to see uh, where the maps lay, lie out and uh, and what the actual districts are. But the district that I'm running in now, the district that I represent now, I'm very confident. We're raising the money. Obviously, uh, we could always use more because, as we saw in the in the Mozzie Phillip race, Democrats. Uh, the DCCC outspent us uh, almost uh, by three times. So they have the money. Obviously, there is a, a benefit to having incumbency in the White House. 
Uh, it gives them the ability to raise money and to spend money in places. But I am confident. You know, people say all the time, well, I don't, I don't understand Joe Biden won your district in 2020 uh, by close to 16 points. Are you concerned? Uh, this country is in a very different place, and Joe Biden is a very, very different person. He is putting uh, America last. Uh, he has cost uh, Americans more money. He's made them less safe. Our border is wide open, uh, and he's playing games. I mean, everything that he's doing right now is completely politically motivated. He's not looking out for the best interests of the American people. He's looking out for the best interest of Joe Biden and the Biden crime family. Yeah, and you look at this case uh, of the guy who came through New York. Uh, I mean, it just epitomizes it. The one who killed as accused of killing the Georgia nursing student, just random crime. He was an Uber driver in New York and he had an arrest record in New York. Come on, Anthony. To your point, like you know, the the explanation of that and how he came into this country and the fact that he was granted parole. I mean, that is a, a prime example of the of the very reason as to why the Homeland Security Committee uh, impeached Secretary Mayorkas because and you're, on, and you're on the Homeland Security. You're on you're on that committee. Yes, sir. And, that, and that's exactly. I mean, he ignored uh, the laws set in place by Congress, and this is a perfect example. Absolutely, uh, John Katsimatidis in jolly old uh, England. Well, I, I still don't understand 100 uh, percent, Congressman uh, Esposito. Is it is the is, is the district final, or we're still up in the air? We're, we're still up in the air. I believe tonight the state legislature, uh, the, the the maps that were sent out down by the uh, independent redistricting committee are going to be voted down by the state legislature. Uh, and then they're supposed to present maps soon thereafter of their proposal. So we'll see if they uh, if they do the overreach like the Democrats have done with nearly everything else in New York state over the last six or seven years, then I, I'm assuming this will wind up in court. Uh, if they played it safe and uh, tried to avoid court and didn't uh, gerrymander districts that uh, started in Nassau County and wound up in Rye and the Bronx, uh, we'll see how they pan out. What do you think is going to happen, Peter King, with the redistricting? Where, what do you think? I can't read Hakeem Jeffries' mind. I think they will, you know, could be targeting people like Anthony, Mike Lola, those who are in competitive districts. But I think no matter what they do, Anthony Esposito is going to win. He's going to have to fight hard. It'll be a fight to the end. This guy's everywhere. Just follow Facebook. I, Anthony, do you have a spam moment? Like you're all over the place. Every, everywhere I look, you're the Knights of Columbus, the American Legion, temples, churches, parades, everything. Like Zelig. Like Zelig. And like <laughs> I think that's what makes the difference. You know, if, if you could go to Washington four or five days a week and uh, and defend the people that sent you to, to D.C. And, and make sure you're putting legislation, supporting legislation uh, that does right by New York and Long Island. And then you come home and you have your boots on the ground uh, and you're, you have the ability to speak to the people that uh, sent you to the Hall of the Congress. I think that's what's made that. That's what makes the difference. I mean, you see a lot of members, unfortunately, that get to D.C., uh, and they rarely leave, and uh, they become comfortable, and those are the people that we lose. Well, uh, we don't want to lose you. We love you. Uh, Congressman Anthony D'Esposito, thank you so much for being here, and uh, keep us posted on so congestion much. pricing and everything else. Thank you. Okay, see you soon, Anthony. Keep in line. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Sorry. I'm trying, Anthony. I'm trying. Thanks so much. And here are some big headlines today. It's the top news of the day, sponsored by Goya. Here's Rita Cosby. Well, as you heard here at the top of Cats and Cosby, President Biden spending time in New York City today. In fact, his motorcade drove right by our WABC Manhattan studios. He was in town for a campaign stop as well as a taping of a very hard-hitting ha-ha interview with a late-night talk show host, Seth Meyers. Those are the only interviews he's doing these days. The Supreme Court appears to be divided after hearing arguments in cases involving censorship on social media. The nation's highest court is looking at laws backed by Republicans in Texas and Florida, which center on what social media companies are allowed to censor and if states are allowed to intervene. And as you heard, both President Biden and former President Donald Trump will both be visiting the U.S.-Mexico border in Texas this Thursday. Biden's going to Brownsville. And Trump is going to Eagle Pass, Texas, on the very same day. Trump's trip was scheduled first, and then suddenly Biden decided he was going to go to the border, too. And those are your Goya top, top, top stories of the day. And, John, uh, I know you're missing the Goya beans over there in London. I am, but I made sure on Sunday I had Goya beans uh, for for lunch before I flew out. Uh, But I'll tell you, Rita, I just don't understand 
Is there going to be a, a crackdown uh, by the Supreme Court? The President Biden is walking around saying uh, that uh, canceling student loans, which is against the Supreme Court. At one point, I'd like to ask maybe Congressman King, is there going to be a constitutional uh, crisis here? I, I think a lawsuit should be brought and it should go right to the federal courts because to me this is a constitutional issue. And the Supreme Court has ruled, and he's trying to get around it. And In fact, not even trying to get around it. He's really openly defying it in many ways, just playing word games. No, I think this is important. You know, they talk about Donald Trump trying to uh, uh, destroy democracy. So much going on with this president is does run the risk of destroying democracy. Under under our Constitution, only Congress can do the funding. How come he has no, no right to He has no right to do this. How come no one's launched a lawsuit, as John suggested? How well, come? There probably will what are they waiting one. for? Well, it's a good question, but there probably will be one. And if there is one, it's likely Supreme Court, if it, when it goes up, should set this aside. Let's see but where this, it goes. But remember what this really is. This is nothing more than an attempt to buy votes right. for the election. It's nothing so more. blatant. It is so blatant. Uh, everybody stick with us. We have Peter Schweitzer with some big scoops on what the Chinese are doing, crossing our border and a lot more to the United States. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And we are back here on Katz and Cosby. John Katz over there in London. And we have in studio Judge Richard Weinberg and Congressman Peter King. And joining us now is the great investigative journalist. He is also the head of the Government Accountability Institute. He's the president there and he has a blockbuster new book out. It is called Blood Money that is making headlines everywhere. Uh, Peter Schweitzer, Peter, I'm so happy you're here and your stories are just amazing of what China really is doing and the role China plays in our country undermining America. Talk about it. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people probably have the same experience I do, which is over the last five years, there's been all this social tumult and turmoil. Um, and what you realize when you look into it is, you no, know, China didn't cause these problems, but they have absolutely exacerbated them. Uh, it's like America's on fire. China's holding an empty can of gasoline. But the problem is a lot of our political leaders um, are silent. They're not doing anything about it. Um, And that's because they have some of them have commercial ties to China. Some of them have commercial ties that run perilously close to the fentanyl trade, for example. Um, So I think when we look at what's going on in the country, you know, whether it's the trans issue, whether it's violence on our streets, you can find China's involvement in really surprising and shocking ways that um, I didn't imagine when I first started researching this book. Now, what was the most surprising? And, you know, your book also blows the lid on Republicans and Democrats. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is uh, uh, a, a bipartisan issue. Probably the most surprising to me because I didn't expect it, is that two of the biggest funders of the trans movement in America are actually Chinese-based billionaires. That I did not expect to see. Um, There's plenty in the book on the fentanyl trade and how deeply involved Beijing is in every step of the process from the precursors, people know about that, to the money laundering, to the communication devices that the cartels use, to the pill presses they use. But what I discovered is that two China-based billionaires, one, a guy named Joe Tsai, who is the uh, co-founder of Alibaba, has poured tens of millions of dollars into the uh, trans movement in the United States. The other one is an American billionaire, a Maoist, who now lives in China, uh, named Roy Singham. He's put $160 million into radical causes, including uh, the trans movement. And Rita, here's the thing. I mean, look, it's a free country. You can support what you want. The problem is, is they are not pushing these issues in China itself. Um, So that leads me to wonder what is really going on here. And if you look at some of the Chinese commentary on this issue, they see it as a a real issue of division in the country uh, that is tearing the country apart. And they think that's a good thing. John Katsimatidis. Well, it is tearing the country apart. Uh, They're just coming in. And in the last, well, fentanyl alone, we killed 100,000 Americans in 12 months. And uh, they're coming in through the borders, and a lot of them are, are Chinese. And we don't know. We hope they're up for good. But some of them are maybe up to no good. And that's why you need, a, like, an Ellis Island-type operation. 
Yeah, it's 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 a huge problem, uh, security. Um, one of the issues that's now related to the border is uh, starts going back to 2018. In 2018, the Chinese started smuggling into the United States these small metal devices. They're called Glock switches or auto sear switches. Highly illegal in the United States, highly illegal in China. What you can do is slip it onto a Glock handgun, and it turns a Glock handgun into a fully automatic machine gun. Um, they started smuggling these in by the thousands. And according to Homeland Security documents that I obtained and documents from alcohol, tobacco and firearms, the Chinese were particularly targeting these at criminal groups and drug gangs in the United States. And as a result of them doing this, the rate of uh, examples of machine gun fire on America's streets has skyrocketed by more than a thousand percent in the last five years. Now, you know, our, our law enforcement's got better at detecting these things. The, the Chinese would mail them uh, to criminal gangs in the United States as we've gotten better at Customs and Border Patrol, has gotten better at detecting these, scanning these as they get in the country and intercepting them. What's happened? These Chinese uh, companies, these entities, are now partnering with the same drug cartels that are sending us fentanyl. They are now mass-producing these devices in Mexico, and they're smuggling them across the open border. So this is about chaos. They call it in China disintegration warfare. That's the doctrine they adopted in 2010. And it is all about saying we're going to undermine and hopefully defeat the United States without actually ever having to fire a shot and go to war with it. And it's a genius strategy, and there's a lot of things that show it's working. Wow. How, uh, what a blockbuster. Well, thank you, Peter Schweitzer, so much. Uh, the book just coming out this week called Blood Money. And Peter, you got to come back on again soon because you have such blockbuster information. Thank you. Always great to be with you. Thanks, Rita. You too. Thank you so much. And joining us now here on Cats and Cosby, we have Ari Fleischer, former White House press secretary. Uh, Ari, uh, I can't wait to get your take on where the race goes from here because the big South Carolina primary took place over the weekend. Uh, Trump beat Haley by 20 points and she said she's staying in at least through Super Tuesday. How do you read all of this, Ari? Well, the big South Carolina primary wasn't very big and Super Tuesday is not going to be so super. <laughs> That's a good analysis, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I would call it all anticlimactic. Um, Donald Trump is going to win the Republican primary. It's just hard to see how anything reverses. Nikki Haley's base is a very independent base. She she is yet from Iowa, New Hampshire to South Carolina to do well among conservative Republicans, which is the heart of the party. And without cracking conservatives, you can't win a Republican primary. So it's really all over except for the shouting. I, I think Nikki Haley is staying in for two reasons. One, she genuinely thinks Donald Trump cannot win, and she wants to stay there to give Republicans an option, an insurance policy, a plan B. Two, if, and this is a big if because her team is denying it, she wants to run on a no-labels ticket, the smart thing is you don't leave the playing field. You stay on until you switch gears and run on no-labels and announce it. So it's one of those two, and uh, beyond that, it's a Donald Trump party. Yeah, you know, it was interesting because she uh, was asked today, would you do no labels? She said, oh, I, I'm going to stay as a Republican. And then they said, reminded her that, you know, they're looking at maybe a Republican Democrat. She go, oh, no, 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 I wouldn't have a Democrat on my ticket. But uh, who knows? Uh, Ari, uh, here's Peter yeah, King. You know, Rita, one, one of the fascinating things about no labels is would they ever have a ticket with an independent? Would they have a Republican president? And I've heard talk that no labels has a independent businessman, self-funder, worth huge amounts of money, who would be willing to run as the vice president as an independent. That could change the ticket if it was a Nikki Haley ah, businessman. Who is that? Do you know who the name is? That was self-funded. Uh, I don't know the name. This is just something I've heard, and I, I take it as credible. Will anybody want to, will she want to do that is really the big question. Would Nikki Haley want to jump and do it? Now, her team is denying it. They say no. Um, but they're also saying she's focused on Super Tuesday. Well, <laughs> right. Enough to know when you say you're focused on, that means you haven't ruled out. Exactly. Peter King. Hey, Ari, great to talk with you. I, I just have a quick question. To me, it's obvious Donald Trump is going to be the nominee, but I, I, she is getting, you know, 35, 40 percent of the vote, even if some of them are Democrats, independents. 
The fact is, she is a stronger candidate nationwide. It, why doesn't he make more of an effort to try to bring her to him, or not at least not offend her, not to attack her husband, not to make personal attacks on her? Because right now, I mean, she could end up being a stronger candidate than him in November. So it's important that the people who support her, women, independents, suburban voters, even if it's 30, 35% of their village, the Republican Party, that's still a big chunk going into November. Yeah, Congressman, you know the answer to that. that that's because <laughs> Donald Trump is Donald Trump. And he takes shots at people. Right. You know, and, and after New Hampshire, he took a shot at the dress she was wearing. And, and by the way, in fairness, in fairness to Trump, She's slinging mud, too. I mean, she is. But the reality is, if he wants to win, he's got to knock off the, you know, the BS. To me, he's got to get down well, and do business with her. Yeah, but she's not running in November. It's a practical matter. The way you, it's, it's a primary, and both candidates go after right. each other. But I think it's one thing to go after somebody on the basis of policy or saying they can't win or they go too far than to take a shot at the way a woman dresses. I mean, to me, that's just you don't need that. Who By the way, that? we dress perfectly um, fine, for the record, Ari, okay? <laughs> we dress perfectly fine. <laughs> I would never say the opposite. Well, that's Thank better than you, me and Ari, Ari. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's Judge Richard Weinberg. Welcome back, Ari. I want to ask you this. If you were advising Trump as an insider, who would you tell him to pick? What kind of profile is vice presidential candidate? Somebody loyal to him. That is the most important thing. Somebody for whom he will not have to look over his shoulder, who will be a good inside advisor inside the White House, but loyalty. And I say that because it's been half a century since the person you picked for a vice president helped a president win a ticket. In the era of mass communications, where people can hear everything across the country everywhere, you don't need a vice president who represents a demographic group or can speak to a region of the country that you're not from. The vote for president is based entirely on the person at the top. They'll vote for Trump or they'll vote for Biden or they'll vote against Trump or against Biden. The only recent history of a vice presidential selection mattering is the selection hurts the candidate when John McCain picked Sarah Palin. I think the case could be made that Kamala Harris is going to hurt Joe Biden. But absent a pick that backfires, it doesn't make a difference. You pick the person who will be loyal to you. If you're elected, he'll be a good vice president. And uh, John Katsimatidis? No, I uh, agree with uh, Peter King. And uh, uh, you pick a vice president that's going to deliver you a few states. You know, I mean, uh, uh, if I was Trump, I'd pick somebody from middle America. They don't deliver their states anymore. They never have. Not for almost 100 years. Although yeah, yeah, you guys, people vote for president. Let me ask you they both, actually, and um, and Ari and John, I'm curious, both of your thoughts on this. Is it different this time just because whoever it is uh, is grooming themselves to be president? It's only a one termer this time, whoever it is. Well, that's why I think a one termer and they're looking to run next time. Yeah, exactly. Ari, do you agree? I mean, it's someone who's going to be teeing up who people could say, wait, could that person be president, Ari, to John's point? No, because people don't vote four years ahead. They vote for who's on the ticket today. They'll either vote for or against Trump, for or against Biden. I think Kamala Harris will hurt Joe Biden because people know he's old and there's a likelihood Harris takes over and they don't want that to happen. Yeah, they definitely don't. The hurting factor plays. But there hasn't been an example of a Veep who delivered their state. John Edwards was supposed to deliver North Carolina for for John Kerry. You say LBJ was the last yeah, one? Yeah, the last one. Lyndon yeah, Johnson, last one. Texas. That's yeah, yeah that's going to have to half a century. Thank you. That's going to have to be the last word. Guys, thank you. Ari, we love having you on. you got to come back on again soon. <laughs> thank you, my thank friend. Thank you. Great to have you here. And John, stick with us. Judge Weinberg, Peter King, a lot more after the break. We have Bill O'Reilly on deck, and he's got some big stuff. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. And, uh, John, you're missing a lot of activity here. I think uh, President Biden is passing by at this moment in New York City, blocking the roadways, that's for sure. Uh, it is a mess here. Uh, and John continues with us in beautiful London in the wee hours. 
And we also have with us here Judge Richard Weinberg and also Congressman Peter King. And we're joined now by the great, great host, Bill O'Reilly, the top nonfiction author in the country. More than 19 million books sold, including his new one coming up, Confronting the President's. Boy, how timely is that? And, of course, you can listen to him every weeknight here on WABC Radio Common Sense with Bill O'Reilly, 9 to 10 p.m., and, uh, Bill, I know, uh, that you want to explain why you believe that Trump continues to dominate the Republican Party. Fill us in. Yeah, well, we're going to lead with this on, uh, common sense tonight on WABC, but I'll give you a little teaser, Rita. So, in a regular primary, you would have a competition, um, particularly if there wasn't an incumbent in Donald. Trump is not an incumbent, but there was no competition. And Nikki Haley's not a, she's not competing. She's just there setting up her run for 2028. That's why she's there. She's collecting money that she can spend in that campaign and getting name recognition. The reason that Donald Trump dominates the way he does is because Republicans at this point, most of them, don't just want a president who's conservative. They want an avenger. They want somebody to go after the progressive movement and punish it. Nikki Haley obviously would not do that, nor would any of the others who decided to run against Trump, with the exception of maybe Ramaswamy, who obviously is not ready for that office. He's just not. Maybe in 10 years he will be. He's not now. So the Republicans are voting conservative principles, but the main priority is we want him back so he avenges what the Biden administration has done in the past three years plus. That's why his lead is insurmountable. Uh, John Katsimatidis, do you have a question for Bill O'Reilly? Well, I mean, look, uh, I know uh, Donald Trump for 45 years, and and I certainly do support support him in in this uh, acumen. And in the dinner party we had tonight in London, uh, the big discussion came up, and uh, and we said that, look, uh, Donald Trump has the testicles to go out there and do the right job for America. And uh, I tell my close friends that don't like Donald Trump, hold your nose and vote for the guy that can do the job. Well, look, uh, by the way, do you have fish and chips uh, for dinner? Or what <laughs> I asked them the same thing. No, we went to, yeah, we like... went to, to a restaurant that... Uh, uh, what, what is it called? The uh, Margo, what was it called? The, um, I'll think about it in a second. Go, ahead, go on. I'll think about yeah, it. It's a swell place. I know. I know. In Mayfair. I know what you guys are doing over there. Um, uh, anyway, look, uh, people who don't like Donald Trump, everyone understands that. JK, I mean, he's not a person who's universally accepted because of his brash manner. And I can identify because I'm the same way. I'm not to his extent, but, you know, I lay it on out there. A lot of people don't like it. But you have to vote on who is going to protect you. Who is going to stop the woke equity madness? Who is going to protect people like the 22-year-old college student in Georgia? And it's not the Democrats. It's as simple as that. They are not going to do it. You know, uh, Bill, what did you make of the fact that the speaking of the border and everything, the fact that Biden is now just suddenly announced he's going because he found out Trump is going. Right. He has to. He has. What is he going to do? I'll I'll tell you what he's going to do. He's going to blame the Republicans for not passing that legislation, the border legislation which I never would have voted for had I been in Congress or the Senate, because it doesn't stop the problem. The problem is catch and release, no supervision. That bill didn't do anything to stop that. It just brought the numbers down a little bit at great expense to the taxpayer. Why would you vote for that? You got to stop catch and release. Have to. And the Democrats and Biden don't want to. That's the issue. 
Yeah, Bill, by the way, I agree. I never would have voted for that bill either. It, it is insane. And yet they're trying to turn the narrative. How much yeah. you, how much you think this Georgia case? It is shocking because I think it is every citizen's worst nightmare and certainly every parent and every woman out there worst nightmare of what happens when you have an open border. Here's a guy, as you know, he comes to New York. Uh, you know, he has that arrest in New York and then he goes down there. Uh, and let go, of course, on, you know, ICE didn't even have time to do a retainer on him. They couldn't wait to, like, just kind of let him out loose. And look what's happened. This yeah. is, an, I think, a bit of a watershed moment for people, don't you? I don't know, because I went through this with Kate Steinle 10 years ago. That's right. I remember you covering that. I, I you had, did such I had a great job. I had legislation written that if you are deported, if you're a foreign national deported from the United States, and you come back and defy deportation... It's a five-year sentence, mandatory sentence in a federal prison. That would have stopped all of this cold. And Mitch McConnell killed it. A Republican killed it. Every other Republican senator was for it, not him. He wouldn't put it up for a standalone vote. Why did he kill it, Bill? Because he didn't want a punk like me telling him what the legislation should be. That's why. Uh that well, you know what? Uh, a punk like you clearly knows what you're talking about because that was a horrible case. Uh, and if they had passed that case law, that Lake and Riley would be alive today. Wow. Okay, because there wouldn't be any of this catch and release. There wouldn't be this insanity. Do you know how many people get deported and come back here? Hundreds of thousands of people. They don't fear anything. They get reported, and we have to pay for the deportation, the plane flights, and they're right back. Absolutely. I mean, it's just insane. The it whole is, thing. It is disgusting. John Katz? What about it, Rita? Yeah, you know, it is disgusting. This revolving door, don't you think, John? I mean, it is. And this case just epitomizes it. Everybody's talking about it here because this guy uh, never should have been let out. He never should have been in the country to begin with. And yet it continues and continues. Somebody has to be eventually held responsible And what the Democrats are afraid of is that Trump is going to hold them responsible. I mean, uh, the DAs uh, let people out and uh, then they commit murder. Does that mean the DAs are, uh, 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 you know, involved in that murder? You know, I think people should think about that. Accessories to the fact. You put a killer back out on the street. And the kill and the guy kills again. You're an accessory. Period. Yeah, absolutely. And John, before we go, did you figure out uh, what, where you went for dinner and what you had? Uh, la petite Paris or something. Uh, la petite. Uh, and I knew it. Used to have well, one. On you go to a French restaurant in London. <laughs> <laughs> was it good? It was excellent. Oh, Bill O'Reilly, thank you. We got the answer to that, too. Thank you, Bill. Great having you on, my friend. And everybody tune in to Bill tonight, of course, at 9 p.m. Thank you, Bill, so much. And guys, and John, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American way. And the British way, too. Exactly. And, and long live the king and Peter King, too. And up the Irish. <laughs>